Welcome to another episode of Concerts That Made Us. I'm Brian and I've got another great episode for you guys this week. My guest is Peter Lawler from the Irish rock band Hail From Russia. They're an amazing three piece from the west of Ireland and if you like Arctic Monkeys and Muse you're going to love these guys. So before I chat with Peter we're going to take a listen to their song You've Gone Too Far. So without further ado, let's get on with the show.
Hi, Peter. You're very welcome to the show tonight. Thanks for having me. No problem. Glad to have you. So would you like to tell us a bit about the uh, the song we just heard? Um, yeah, well, it was written uh, about two years ago. Um, it's kind of it's kind of a tongue in, well, not tongue in cheek, but it's kind of a fictional story of a, you know, a girl who kind of just she does, you know, she goes around town and you can hear in the lyrics, you know, she's <clears throat> she has a good time and she doesn't really care. Um, who who thinks what about her and it's a good thing i suppose um it's it's uh that's that's pretty much what the song's about right right it's a it's a good one all right i've been listening to a couple of your songs now during the week yeah it's it, it it's it's very um arctic monkeys kind of muse um influenced the music um and i threw in a, a falsetto and at the end that kind of you know shows that yeah, yeah, I could really pick it up now. The uh, especially the Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, yeah, I was told the Arctic Monkeys a few times. Um, my last producer told me he heard a bit of Muse in there. He actually said that the song would suit Peaky Blinders. That I should send it into TV. <laughs> that's uh, that's a good idea, actually. It would. He said it resembled the riff, kind of resembles something he'd hear in Peaky Blinders. Yeah, yeah. So, um. The band, would you like to tell us a bit about the history of the band, how you came together and everything? Well, well I kind of formed the band in my head like a, a couple of years ago, but then I met um, the drummer uh, in 2020 or 2019, sorry. And then we kind of started the band. We had no bass player. And then we met um, Victor, who's Polish. Right. And he joined a band called Hail from Russia. So. <laughs> <laughs> The name kind of came from, uh, I read an article. I was trying to pick a name that wasn't in the Google search. Every name I, I picked was somebody else had. Yeah. I was reading a magazine and I um, came across an article about a Russian orchestra. And it just said the orchestra hailed from Russia. And I just typed it into Google and it came back, nothing there. So I picked the name. Oh, that worked out that's well. That's pretty so much, yeah, that's all. That's all that's in it. People always ask me. Oh, how did you come up with the name? Or people either really love the name, or they yeah. really don't, or they really don't like the name. There's no, there's no middle ground. <laughs> and I never have a, I never have an interesting story about it. Like I'm always like, oh, just I, re I read it in a magazine, and I, you know. I yeah, know. there's no kind of came to you in a dream or anything. No, like no, that. it's <laughs> like if you hear bands from the past, like you know, like the Smashing Pumpkins or Manic Street Preachers, I'm sure those people had same experience like about people either liking the name or not liking the name you know yeah yeah it kind of comes with the territory yeah exactly so um what would be your earliest musical memory my earliest musical memory <clears throat> is, is something as simple as hearing my dad's records my dad was always playing records or tapes you know he'd always be doing housework painting so we'd always have the record player on yeah and i'd always hear like the likes of you know foreigner he was all he was into all that yacht rock right right you know he was into <laughs> foreigner and um bands like that you know yeah and he, you know he threw in the odd bit of elvis or my mother would be listening to the carpenters mm. george michael or you know it was such an eclectic um, mix of music you yeah know? it was either really ballady or uh rock and roll you know <laughs> yeah yeah so, one or the other yeah. but uh it's uh it's good to be exposed to such a good range of music at an early age you know to set the foundations exactly yeah i think i think a lot of my music came from um 
uh, like I don't read or write music, but I think a lot of the ear training I might have got was from, you know, when I was younger without knowing it. Yeah, yeah. You know. Would you like to admit what the first single you ever bought was? Uh, the first single I ever bought was um, Nancy Boy. Right. But the first single, I can't really, I don't think it was a single. The first album I was ever bought was Janet or is Alanis Morissette. Oh. Jagged Little Pill album. But um, the first single I ever bought was uh, Nancy Boy by Placebo. Not too bad. Two, uh, two very good performers. Mm. Um, so your first concert then, would you like to tell us about it? My first concert was the Smashing Pumpkins. Um, it was, it was their Adore tour. Do you remember that album, Adore? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they played in the Olympia Theatre uh, in Dublin. Um, it was kind of like a very somber kind of, they did a lot of acoustic songs. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the songs would have been off the Adore album, which a lot of, a lot of fans didn't like, but I really liked. Mm. Um. So that was my first concert. It was it was amazing. Like it was, so I was only I would have only been about seventeen at the time. Um, so that was a great concert to go to for my first time. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. They're uh, the Smashing Pumpkins are actually one band that are on my list of you know the ultimate bands I would love to have got to see. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Um, well, when I was about seventeen, I think the Smashing Pumpkins were my favorite band. Yeah, I really liked Placebo, but the Pumpkins were were my favorite band um, at the, at that time. They're still one of my favorites, but they're not my favorite band ever. But they were yeah. back then. Yeah, I think these days they're like um, they're one band you could always you always find yourself going back to and listening to. You know. Yeah, yeah, I find myself I I go back to um, Siamese Dream a lot, especially mm. in the car because the drum sound on that album is absolutely amazing. Like the the way they. The sound of the drums alone is just mind mind blowing, like you know. Yeah, yeah, it really is. That yeah. one and uh of course Melancholy. I think that's one album where there's not one song on it that you'd actually skip. There's not one no, I I, I would agree with you there. I don't listen to it uh, enough these days, but I have Melancholy. Uh, I remember the day I bought Melancholy. Um I actually took the half day off school and bought it. Um, <laughs> uh, and I listened to the whole album, and it was. I still actually have the CD, but it's scratched. One of the CDs is scratched so badly that like, it's unlistenable. Oh, <laughs> shame on me! Like, but there you go. I'm not sure. Luckily, we have Spotify and things like that these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, would you have been a fan of Billy Corgan after the Smashing Pumpkins? Well, I listened to a bit of Billy Corgan. I listened to when he did Zwan. Um, mm. I don't know if you remember them. I I do, yeah. It was kind of one of his first solo things. Um, it was all right, but um, I'm not a I'm not a big fan to be honest of the new Pumpkin stuff. Mm. I don't. It's very synth heavy, and it's um, I I just prefer the the old Pumpkins, which is probably not. You know, I understand what Billy's doing. He's trying to be you know um push forward and do different things, and that's that's really good. I just I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, the new sound at all. Um, yeah, it's like he's trying to stay relevant. He know? is. He's trying to stay relevant in a way, but um, I, I, I don't think it's the pumpkins anymore. I know it's a strange thing to say because Jimmy Chamberlain is there and James I is there, mm -hmm. um, but I, it doesn't feel like the pumpkins, and I don't know if that's because Darcy's not there, but um, it just doesn't feel like them for some reason. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I completely yeah. agree. 
So uh, if you had to pick one song that stands out from that that concert, what would it be? It would be um, God. There's, there's a few. Ava Adore would be one. That was one of the few they did with the full band, the full electric setup. Um, uh, God, it was so long ago now. Um, <laughs> that would be my favorite song from that concert. Not necessarily my favorite song from the album, though. Um, I really like the intro song, the piano. Yeah. The piano intro. I can't remember. I think it's called From Arte. Yeah, yeah, I think sure. sounds familiar. But um, yeah, it was such a long time ago now. Like I can't believe it. Nineteen ninety-eight. It's three years ago. Time really flies. Time does fly, and my twenties flew by, and um, now my thirties have flown by. <laughs> <laughs> it's true what they say, though. It just uh, it gets faster the older it, you get. My dad used to tell me that years ago, and I'd laugh at him. He go, "When you get when you hit a certain age." every year just flies by and now i i believe it yeah I yeah really do. <laughs> so um your last concert then that you're at the last concert i was at uh, was one of my favorite bands the cure in 2019 in malahide castle and to be honest with you i didn't enjoy it really the sound wasn't great i didn't find the sound great the, i don't know if it was the wind that was carrying it a certain way but I don't know. I left. I think I left about fifteen minutes early and got the train. Oh man! And we just headed back into Fibber McGee's in Dublin and just um, spent the rest of the night there. But I, I, I wasn't impressed with the sound. And that's that's kind of a running thing now in this country when you go to festivals. The sound can be hit or miss, you know. Yeah, it really can. I'm hearing that a lot, especially um, on outdoor gigs. You know. Yeah, yeah. I have a friend who went to see Bon Jovi, and they said the sound was just atrocious you could you yeah. could barely make out what he was saying you know yeah exactly i think somebody said that about metallica as well mm. uh, a few years ago yeah i don't know whether it's the sound engine i don't think it's the sound engineers but there's something going on i don't know if it's the weather or it's you know it's it, but the last few concerts i went outdoor concerts i went to in this country weren't great and mm. i was really disappointed with the cure because it didn't and it wasn't it wasn't enjoyable you had to you know it took so long to get to the venue yeah, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in the Malahide Castle venue, but it's a long walk to the gig, and a long walk out of the gig, you know. <clears throat> but um, and then you're it's kind of like a nightclub-y kind of thing. Then, but you're kind of rushed out and told you have to leave. You have to leave now. Right. It's it's very. Anyway, that was my last concert. Really loved the Cure, by the way. <laughs> was that the only chance you've got to see them? That's the only time I've ever seen the Cure live. Yeah, and oh. um, I hope to see them again, but. They're another one of them bands. They're like you too. You don't know if you're going to get the chance to see them again or. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know. But um, yeah. how did you get into the Cure? I got into the Cure um through listening to Placebo and and the Smashing Pumpkins and then <clears throat> a few bands I was in, I was introduced to the Cure through the other members. Hmm. Um, the Cure and the Smiths. Um, I was introduced there. I really liked the Smiths as well. A lot of people hate the Smiths. A lot of bands I've been in, the people, the people in the bands that I've been in, have always questioned me about the Smiths and said, "Oh, the Smiths are crap," and all this. And I, I really like the Smiths. I love the guitar. I love the guitar in the Smiths and the guitar in the in the Cure, that that jangly kind of sound. So, um, which Cure song would stand out for you from this concert? Um, the Cure, uh, Forest, um, which is my favorite Cure song. 
we actually do a cover of that in the band. We haven't played live yet, um, because we only formed at the end of, as it was coming into. Um, I see. I played bass for another band. Right. So my last gig that I played was with that band in December, in the Workmen's in Dublin. Workman's yeah. Club. So I never really got a chance. We haven't gotten the chance to play live yet as a band. So we're we're really looking forward to. <laughs> to play in live as you I can imagine, can imagine. <laughs> it was a that was kind of a bad time to to form a band on an unlucky time I know time. I know and we're actually we haven't rehearsed now in a few months now and we're we're looking in the next few weeks to get back into rehearsing but it's it's kind of difficult you're rehearsing every week and there's nothing there's nothing coming there's no gigs coming so all you can hope for is that you're going to be the tightest band in the world when, <laughs> when you do end up playing live you I know? get you I get you jeez so, god only knows when that'll actually be especially I in ireland some people are saying september but i think that's wishful thinking to be honest i, I don't think it'll be till next year yeah definitely definitely no, it's, it's very bad i think nightclubs and concerts will probably be the last last ones to be around exactly did you see that thing about the bubbles the they were i didn't the, do, you, do you know that band the flame and lips they did a gig yeah before where, where they were in bubbles oh yeah right. it's, there, there was there was an idea thrown around there a few weeks ago that maybe uh, you know gigs could come back if, if the crowd were in bubbles <laughs> which uh, <laughs> i don't think don't uh, think that would work you know it's no. a bit of a gimmick you know yeah. i don't think it would it's like uh, another idea i heard where uh, they were talking about having drive-in concerts you know you sit in your car and watch it I think they've done that though, haven't they? They've done a couple of those already. Yeah, there was. I think there was one up in Dublin anyway, but I, it just there'd be no atmosphere. No, you know? no, definitely not. No. You might as well just throw a CD into the CD player in the car and sit there. Yeah, or just watch something on like a rerun of Glastonbury on TV or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, this brings us to the worst concert you've ever been at. The worst concert. Um... <clears throat> that would probably be Muse and it wasn't because actually I don't think Matt Bellamy was in a good mood that day he actually didn't say a lot I seen them, I've seen them about three times live and this time I saw them he actually didn't say anything he came on and played barely spoke in between songs and just, just left no encore oh. but the worst part of that concert was I went up to the very front hmm. up to the railings and the crowd was kind of like coming in like a wave from either side so you kept every every minute or so you were squashed again the railing oh geez and you know it was very uncomfortable at times i actually freaked out a bit because it was you know yeah i wouldn't blame you it was dangerous you know but that was my worst experience of the concerts um at any gig really yeah i um i can't stand that though when an artist walks on you know doesn't even say hello just starts yeah. playing straight away and there's nothing in between songs you know yeah he was visibly he didn't look he didn't look like he was in a good mood you know um i could i could see that like you know he yeah. looked like he was just there to you know play the gig and leave like it was really work for him yeah maybe he was having a bad day or, or something mm. you know That's... yeah yeah i remember um it must have been 2017 or 18 i uh mm. wasn't my choice now i went with my father to see chris christopherson and it was the same okay. he like he was in a good mood now but there was no chit chat between the songs and i kept saying you know the life he's had how cool would it have been if he was telling stories in between the songs or even having yeah. a bit of banter you know especially was, with him like 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it was literally as soon as one song had end, the next one, next one had start, and it just kind of kills the whole vibe for the concert. And it's possible that somebody of of his age and the the length of time he's he's probably fed up now playing playing certain songs. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But um, geez, I'm surprised that Muse though. I thought they'd be a really high energy. Yeah, I saw them in Dublin a few years later. Um, on uh, I can't remember the album. It was from the mid 2000s and mm. they were incredible like they were absolutely like the sound was amazing like, yeah incredible and he was really engaged but that that day wasn't great i suppose even rock stars can have a uh, have bad days i suppose exactly yeah yeah so um what uh what song would stick out in your mind for that concert uh he did plug in baby i remember he did plug in baby and uh sunburn I really I, I love Sunburn and um, I think it's the first track off their first album the reason why it was it was great is because he plays it on guitar instead of piano and it was one of the first Muse Muse riffs I ever learned on guitar and you know it was it was difficult to learn but it's 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 a good it's a good riff like you know yeah yeah I get you I get those you. are two songs anyway that stood out at that gig and uh, when I wasn't watching my back <laughs> <laughs> trying to stay alive you know yeah yeah you don't really need that when you're at a concert no no this will bring us to the best concert experience you've had so okay i don't know if you've ever heard of the rapture i haven't they're kind of like a dance indie band from new york right and i got into them i think it was 2003 when their album echoes came out and you should look it up it's 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 absolutely like it they're, they're dance indie and they're very very funky yeah and they had an electric picnic then i think a year or two later and i went they were in the one of the tents and it's still to this day my favorite gig oh. it was only an hour long i think but the buzz in it and the, the just the, the band members they were so like happy mm. and they were just they were so kind of they looked shocked at the amount of people that were there <laughs> they, they were kind of like a cult band they were like they're still a, a cult band like uh, really. yeah but the tent was full and we were right up the front oh the singer and the bass player were going absolutely mental and then at the very end of the gig the singer ran along the near the barrier yeah and i threw my arms out and he just threw his arms around me and, gave me the <laughs> and i was actually soaked in in sweat and i was like oh my god like what the hell just happened <laughs> that still remains if you haven't heard of the rapture i would strongly recommend i'll have to look them up i've heard a, a good few best concert experiences on the show now but that's definitely uh one of the best i think i haven't yeah, heard anyone else say that they've got that close to the singer of a band you know exactly like i walked out of that gig and i was just it was still the daytime so you mm. were in a dark tent going mental for an hour and then you <laughs> come out into the daylight and yeah you, you know you were just like oh that was that was amazing and it still stands out like it was so long ago now it was like what 2004 or five so yeah 16 years ago but it still Jeez. stands out in my memory so there you go oh, and um which song by them sticks out in your mind um sister savior they played pretty much every song off their album echoes which was the big album for them at the time yeah Um, every song on that album trust me every song on that album is brilliant like you would not skip a song you know every song you that da- you can dance to and it's all made drums guitar and bass 
really and a bit of sense yeah there's no it's all real instruments and real musicians and the, the bass lines are incredible like i can't i can't rate them high enough to be honest mm. like they sound pretty good yeah they've they, well they've been a major influence on me the last few years like a couple of the songs that i have there on spotify have been influenced some of the some of the way the riffs are played um, especially on ghost of the past yeah that intro guitar riff and um, that would be like influenced by the rapture yeah yeah so um we'll get slightly more personal now and uh okay if there was a performer living or dead that you could get the chance to see in concert who would it be okay well i'm aware this might sound cliche but it would have to be kurt cobain <laughs> right it would have right. to be nirvana because I basically started playing guitar like because of Nirvana. So I like I did pick up musical instruments when I was younger, mm. at the age of four, but they were mostly keyboards, and it wasn't anything to do with um, rock music. Yeah, it more to do with <clears throat> it was more to do with I. My parents thought I had an ear for music, so they bought me a keyboard. But the real reason I picked up a guitar was, you know, I was about eleven when I heard Nirvana, and I was just like, I want a guitar. I want a guitar. Yeah. Yeah, and my parents wouldn't buy me. They wouldn't buy me an electric guitar, so they bought me an acoustic guitar. Um, eventually bought me an electric guitar, but he's he's the main reason I I picked up a guitar. So I would, I would love to see Nirvana live. It's not going to happen, but that's no, no. And like, they keep teasing these gigs where you know Dave Grohl and Pat Smear and they all get back together, but it's not going to be the same without Kurt. Yeah, they did the Rock and Roll uh, Hall of Fame there a few years ago, and mm. they got all the singers were were female. That's yeah, Vincent and um, a couple of other. It was all right. It was good, like, but it's not. It's like, it's like Queen without Freddie Mercury or The Doors without Jim Morrison or. Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. The Doors got back together a few years ago, I think, with the the singer of the Cult, and you know, a, a few people I know went to it and said it was all right, but it was, you know. Yeah, that's actually uh, one of my, uh, oh, I, I actually had tickets when they came to Ireland and I couldn't get to the gig and I still often think about it. I think I'll, it'll be with me till the day I died. You know, I missed the chance to actually see the doors. Yeah, yeah, that was the probably the gig I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know a few people went to it and they said it was it was good, like, you know, but mm. obviously you'd want to see Jim Morrison. Of course, of course. Dead, like, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. But um, so would you have been into Nirvana then when they were actually around? Yeah, so when I was about eleven and I got the guitar, what that was a bit nineteen ninety two, I think. Um, I would have been listening to Nevermind mm. and playing really badly on the guitar, trying to trying to figure out "Come as You Are" by mm. rewinding the CD, um, and pausing the CD, things like that. And then I think the day he died, my mother came into the kitchen and she said something like, "Oh." Some fellas after blowing his head off <laughs> right. something like that and then i found out it was him and i was like oh okay mm. but I, you know i was only i was too young to you know, really take it in i was just like oh god like you know yeah but then when i started joining bands myself and then you know other people in the band were like oh nirvana yeah smash pumpkins yeah you know mm. if you kind of found your tribe and your group and you know yeah yeah exactly i think um I think anybody that's into rock music and everything, it always happens when they reach their teenage years, they find people yeah. like-minded and then they really start getting into the music. 
exactly and then you start you start playing more taking it more seriously and you know and then then you see the influence rubbing off on you and, and i i can't deny that you know like the new single we have coming out on the 19th of march i wrote that song a long time ago mm. um but it was only recorded recently and it's it's if you listen to it there's a lot of nirvana influence in there yeah yeah especially in, in the outro <laughs> <laughs> definitely do you, i have an odd question now do you think if he had hadn't have uh, killed himself and he was still around today do you think he'd still be a musician i saw this question actually online last week about people are arguing whether he would have still been making music or even if nirvana would still be together mm. now i don't honestly think nirvana would still be together no i think that's a bit much i don't think they were they were like you two or anything like that mm. but i think he might have been uh, he might have did the Jim Morrison thing. He might have moved to France and painted a bit more, and you know he might have made some acoustic music. He, I think he was planning on doing more acoustic music. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was planning on. He said he wanted to be like Neil Young, and just sit there with a guitar and sing kind of acoustic songs. Yeah, you That's could actually you could see that happening. I um I watched a, an interview with Dave Grohl recently, and he was mm. talking about when he did when he died and everything and. But he yeah. said that uh, Kurt was never made for the rock star life and it didn't sit well with him, you know? Yeah, I think I, I think he sought fame, but then when he got the fame that he got, like, you know, it wasn't overnight, mm. but it, what Nevermind was overnight for him, I think. You know, um, I think they were touring Europe at the time, Nevermind blew up in America, and they didn't know, they only knew because they got phone calls from their family saying, you know, Nevermind's blowing up here like yeah yeah but i don't think the record company even they didn't even expect to sell more than a hundred thousand copies and they sold millions of copies and yeah i think the fame might have hit him too quickly i'd know? say so i totally agree it's um but uh i can't let nirvana come up now on the podcast without actually asking the question whether or not you go into it um the whole thing of him killing himself what do you think happened do you think he killed himself you, or he was murdered you have no idea the amount of uh, rabbit holes I went down on YouTube, <laughs> uh, listening to podcasts and watching documentaries. Listen, to be honest with you, I don't fully believe that what happened happened. I think mm. there's a lot more to it. Like, you know, it's hard to say really. Like, you know, one minute he says he's the happiest he's ever been, and then he kills himself apparently. Yeah. But a lot of suicides apparently the person who does it is really happy beforehand yeah i've heard that a lot of people say that's because they've made up their mind and they're in their own heads yeah they're not they know they're going to be at peace or whatever yeah but there's a couple of odd uh, discrepancies um that i can't get my head around like the greenhouse mm. how, he, how he packed away all his stuff you know he shot up so much heroin and then put everything away neatly and then yeah then t instead of just letting himself go with the heroin he blows his head off yeah i really can't imagine overkill. he wasn't thinking of his daughter like you know um there's a lot of stuff there that you, you could you could think about all all week oh exactly yeah and like even the the note being in two different uh yeah yeah styles yeah and, and courtney's you know. lawyer apparently finding handwriting and um, practice sheets in her yeah back. there's a lot of things in there that and you know the seattle police were asked to open the investigation and do a proper investigation mm -hmm. But they don't seem to too interested. So, no, no, and uh, you know I think they're they're flogging a dead horse now. I think it's it's 
doesn't matter what we think it's never going to be exactly unless it's... somebody admits it on their deathbeds that they did something. <laughs> yeah you know? it's just one of them things we'll never truly find we'll out never really know yeah it's a shame but uh, it is it is but there's a lot of things like that in rock music you know there's a lot of artists dying early and there's rumors that they didn't die how they did but again we'll never really truly find out the the true I story that, i think we're fascinated by conspiracies as well if you if you call it a conspiracy you know some of it could be true but we are fascinated with that whole alternative um what what if what what yeah you know? yeah so. you always have to look deeper yeah exactly yeah but I think uh, as time is going on, it's coming more to the forefront as well. It's like uh, conspiracy theories are becoming more mainstream. Yeah, especially on on the Facebook is full of it. Like you know, there's people yeah. still going on about like um, I'm not sure what what your opinion is on the moon landing, but you know, I'm pretty confident that men landed on the moon. Yeah, yeah, I, do. <laughs> <laughs> I I'd think be very surprised if it came out that we didn't, you know. <laughs> yeah, that uh, what is a Stanley Kubrick film that in a in a hangar in uh, the yeah, desert and, somewhere? Yeah, and 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 four hundred thousand people kept the secret. Yeah, like since. Uh, yeah, I think uh, when it comes to the moon landing, I like either listening to podcasts about it or watching videos on YouTube, but just for the entertainment factor. Yeah. You know. entertaining it all right <laughs> yeah although uh one video pops to mind did you ever see the the video of buzz aldrin and there's this guy harassing him and he punches him in the face yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually really cool like you know and and i would punch him in the face if can you imagine if you made all that effort and yeah. you went to the moon and some idiot comes up to you in the street and says you never went to the moon and you know that you did like yeah exactly you definitely like, he did deserve that's what it you would <laughs> and especially from his uh man like that you know back in the days when he was young you know yeah. that whole stereotype of men were men you know they sort things out with their fists exactly yeah 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 if you said something you gotta slap <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> we're after going off on a bit of a tangent now exactly, but um, yeah yeah fun though yeah yeah exactly exactly but uh you obviously knew nirvana were supposed to play a concert in ireland just when he died oh they were like i'm um, they were supposed to play in ireland i would have never went to it though i think i was too young but mm -hmm. um the concert i would have liked to see was the live at the paramount mm. from 1991 yeah you can see it on youtube it's probably the best sounding three piece that you'll ever hear yeah yeah i totally agree if you could get the chance to go to this uh this concert what song if you could only hear one song what would it be it would be aneurysm because of the way like the the intro just builds up like it just it it, it kind of builds up with the drums just and then it it actually blasts into like really powerful it's just such they're such a powerful three piece like if you watch that gig and you listen to that gig it's 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 just incredible the sound that came came from three people like it really is it really from is one guitar one guitar um and then the drummer just unbelievably powerful like you know it's there's never been anything before or after it like no no there actually hasn't they were hugely talented and yeah. the stuff they did and you mentioned aneurysm there that's uh when i started playing guitar when i was like 14 15 that was yeah. the first nirvana song that i wanted to learn and yeah. it was the the build up at the start and everything and how it breaks then it's it's one of their best songs and I'm surprised it wasn't uh, wasn't as big as Smells Like Teen Spirit. 
Exactly, like sure, there's people who say that Teen Spirit's not even the best song on Nevermind, which is probably true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, um, we'll move on then. Um, if you had to quarantine with a performer for 24 hours, they can be living or dead. Hopefully, they'll be living when you're quarantined with them. But uh, who would it be? I think I put two people down um, in my head for the, um, when I was asked this question before. And I think the main person I'd love to ha sit and have a chat with is Adam Clayton from U2. Right, right. Because I, I, was, I was a bass player for a long time. And, you know, a lot of people wouldn't say Adam Clayton's a great bass player, but he was a big influence on my bass playing. And mm. I'd love to sit and have a... He seems really chilled and approachable and like for a guy that was in the biggest band in the world, you know, mm. he seems so normal. I'd love to sit and chat with him or the edge, maybe. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure if you're a U2 fan. I like I Marmite. Am, yeah, I can. Uh, I wouldn't be as big into him now as I was in the past. I've kind of the wore off me a little bit, but I yeah. there's a lot of songs now I appreciate. Yeah, I'd love to sit, but in quarantine uh, you know i know you said one person but it would be cool to have adam clayton kind of jamming on the bass with him and then maybe the edge could show me some of his effects yeah yeah that would be know. pretty cool that would be, uh be cool, yeah. you wouldn't like bono to join you know <laughs> to be honest with you now i'm a, I'm a massive u2 fan but it's not because of bono hmm. um to be honest with you bono like jesus that man's confident um, <laughs> You know, there's only so much of him you can kind of watch. I I prefer, I think, when I saw them play Glastonbury on TV, and um, they played Glastonbury in 2011, I think. Hmm. I was just fascinated by the sound of, of that was coming out of the guitar. You know, just all the effects that he has. Yeah. Going and he uses a different guitar for every song, and he's definitely him and Adam are definitely the most interesting people in that band. Um, and Larry, of course. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. It's funny about Bono there. I had a, an American guest on the show recently and they mm. said they were dying to know how Irish people actually feel about Bono, that he must be like a god over here. Yeah, and when yeah, I explained yeah. how we actually feel about Bono, they, they wouldn't believe it because yeah. I suppose over there they see a whole different side of him, you know? I think Irish people, they, they, see, through the, they see through the nonsense and, the, you know, they don't... I don't think we like people who are really flamboyant and confident, do we? As a, as no, a people. no, I think uh, Irish people, when they see people like that, they prefer to actually tear them down than congratulate them. I think so. Yeah, I, I, I think like if Bono walked down the street here, I think people would just they wouldn't really bat an eyelid at him, really. No, or it'll be actually a thing of, oh, I won't say hello to him because it'll annoy him even more. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, like, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, quarantine definitely. Adam Clayton, if you could throw the edge in there as well, that'd be amazing. Cool, cool. I'd love to see actually uh, what you'd come out with if the three of you got working oh, on songs I, for I, the twenty four hours. Yeah, I I would just love I would love all that all effects and mm -hmm. yeah, it'd be great. Would um, what song would you like to play with them? Oh God, um, <clears throat> I would love to play "Bullet the Blue Sky." Oh. Interesting from, choice. Um, Rattle and hum. It's um, it's on. I think it's on Joshua. Is it on the Joshua Tree album? I think it is. And um, mm -hmm. that or exit. Two amazing songs. Um, Bullet the blue sky. You know the song, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. 
like that that guitar riff's just crazy like you know it's yeah. really good like it's, it's probably really simply i've never tried to play it but it's probably really simple to play it's just the effects he has over it and the way he he makes it sound like an airplane at a time yeah so it's it's a fascinating song like you're actually making me want to quarantine with him now the more that you're talking about <laughs> that song <laughs> yeah. you might you might be put off by bono's lyrics at times because he's very you know his, his lyrics can be you know you can you can hear that self-confidence he has mm. that's why they're that big because they don't care you know yeah yeah exactly exactly one thing about them though do you think they're going to hold on to how big they actually are going forward you know no i don't think so and that's the worry I, i've never seen them live and it's my own fault really because i haven't um you know i haven't done that whole sitting up all night mm. waiting wait until the tickets go on sale and go and you know i've never did any of that but i would really like to see them live before they they shut up shop because i can't see bono's voice lasting much longer mm. yeah that's I've true heard, right? I've, I've heard a bit of his singing there and I, of his voice is going i think mm. i think that thing they did a couple of years ago really kind of hurt them as well you know where they gave away the album already uh downloaded onto iphones or something yeah that was a bit of bad advice they got i think they're um they basically when they sold the album to apple for 100 million yeah more app, apple you know but yeah i can understand how it might have annoyed people waking up <laughs> especially people who have no time for them you know yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but uh not That's sure um so the uh one of the final questions then what song would you like to appear on the soundtrack to your life um i'm a, i'm a, i i haven't mentioned them yet but i'm a really big manic street preachers fan and my favorite song of theirs one of my favorite songs ever actually is um Kevin Carter right it's just it's just it's just a, a great piece of music and the lyrics are great as well like you know um, mm. um it's a brilliant song I've I've actually I've actually if, if I could name uh, a second song it would be Jesus to a Child by George Michael oh um which is it's such an incredible song like you know I know it's a really strange thing for someone like me who writes totally different music but yeah that song gets me every time i hear it you know on an emotional level as well especially since he's since he died you know mm. Mm. no i can i can completely understand that you know they'd be the two main songs if i, if I could if I, I know i've picked two of everything um and i shouldn't really uh, that just makes it more interesting they're, they're difficult questions <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, there wouldn't be things you'd be just asking on the spur of the moment. No, definitely not. But yeah, that th th they're they're the two songs I would pick if I'm allowed to pick two. And yeah. the Manix, the Manix, the Manix are a massive influence as well. And George Michael was a great songwriter. And you know, people disagree with me all the time. They think, oh, that's just pop. But he was actually a really good musician. Yeah, I I completely agree. He's actually one that. I, I like myself. I wouldn't admit it too many times in big crowds or anything, but I would sit down and listen to his, his music. Yeah. Great you know. voice, great, great, great um, musician overall, I think. And yeah. That's all you can say, really. Shame he's gone as well. It really is. really is. So um, since you mentioned songwriting when we were speaking about George Michael, what's your process for writing songs? 
um writing songs like i could sit down and try and write a song but i find strangely enough i could be out walking the dog and i'd hear something in my head mm. a melody or, or or a riff and i would be hum it the whole way back <laughs> so i wouldn't forget it <laughs> and i'd basically just sit with the guitar then and try and find it on the guitar and then the lyrics i wouldn't worry about lyrics really till later on yeah um, a lot of the time, actually, I'd I'd scribble ideas for lyrics and then I'd finish them off in the studio five minutes before I go and sing them. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I think I have this thing in my head where I, I like to pressurize myself um, like that. I get you. I get you. Oh, it's interesting, okay. though, you're uh, one of the ones then that comes up with the melody and everything first, because I've interviewed a couple of people now and they've said one guy actually said he'll uh, randomly pick five words out of the dictionary and try to put them into a song which I thought was possibly the hardest ways of doing it, you know? I think Bowie did that. I think he used to cut um, words out of newspapers and randomly place them around the floor yeah. and pick random words. I couldn't yeah. do that. I find lyrics really difficult to write, um, honest, in all honesty. And, you know, they're usually written, as I say, in the studio, um, fully completed in the studio before I actually sing them. But yeah. I'd have the melody in my head, so it would be easier then to to sing them, do you know? Yeah, yeah, I get you, I get you. It's, unu- it's unusual for our band because I, I kind of write the bass, the guitar, and um, I kind of have a drum beat in my head. Right. And then I come in and kind of convey that to the, to the lads, and sometimes they do something better, which is kind of cool, you know? Might be a better drum beat or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, deadly, deadly. So um, I know you can't really tell, but... I would normally ask what's on the cards for Hail from Russia, but maybe looking to 2022, what would you like to be on the cards? Well, by 2022, I would have, I'd like to have recorded our first EP um, mm. by then and played our first uh, gig, definitely. Live music is the most important thing at the minute. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to promote the band online, but um, it gets very difficult and it's, it's very lonely as well when you're sitting on your own and you're, it, you know, you're not rehearsing and you're not gigging that it's the motivation to, to, to keep it, to keep it going can be difficult at times, but um, I'm keeping it going. So that's, that's the main thing. That's actually something I can relate to myself with uh, the podcast and trying to get it out there and everything, you know, and promoting it online and you know sometimes you'll promote it and you'll get the stats back for how well it done and yeah. you know 600 people could have seen it but two of them might have clicked on it and it can be very disheartening but then obviously you do a you do a campaign with it and you'll get very very good feedback yeah. but yeah. i think uh you're maybe you're the same but you'd often have days where you're on top of the world, you're feeling very positive about it. Then the next day you could be like, oh no, this is a mistake. It's not, it's not going to work. Everyone, yeah, everyone has those days. Like, you know what, if I finish a recording session and I get the, the final master back and I'm like, oh, that sounds amazing. Mm. Then I'm so motivated and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm setting up the release date on Spotify and I'm getting the distributor to, to you know, send it off to podcast or to, to playlists and, then when it comes out, you know, if it if it doesn't get that kind of reaction I was hoping for, then I'm I'm tearing kind of like I have to market it better. I have to, you know, yeah. we're all we're all expected to be really good at marketing now, and <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's really difficult. Like, and it's it's especially difficult when you don't have the live scene mm. because that's where a lot of people 
you know, if they see you there, then they'll, they'll look you up online or they'll, they'll, they'll check you out on Spotify. And, yeah, that's where you'll grow your fan base. Yeah, yeah. Plus, it costs a lot of money to record music and to, to, to shoot music videos. And um, Oh, I can imagine. But it's very enjoyable as well. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. Well, hopefully in 2022, you, uh, you'll get to play a load of live gigs and... Hopefully I'll be able to make it to one anyway and see you perform in person. That would be great, yeah. Definitely, definitely. So before we go then, um, one of your songs is going to play us out this evening. Um, would you like to tell us a bit about it? Uh, well, that's Ghosts of the Past. Um, and that was written last year, written and recorded last year. And it's, a, it's basically an apology right. to my wife. <laughs> okay okay we're not always being um you know sometimes you have fights and sometimes you don't get along and it's mm. kind of like a love letter apology and um, i think you can hear the lyrics um but there you go that's what the song's about cool cool perfect well that's it peter thanks a million for coming on tonight i really enjoyed it it was great to chat to you no problem i really enjoyed that yeah. and uh best of luck with the new single thanks very much and uh, hopefully I'll get to see you perform in 2022. Brilliant. That would be amazing. Hopefully we get to perform. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
hope you all enjoyed that episode as much as I did. If you did, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really does help the show. But before I go for this week, I just wanted to give you all a bit of an update. Sadly, since the recording of this episode, Hail from Russia have gone their separate ways. But Peter is back with a new band called Bidding War. And I just want to wish him the best of luck. And I look forward to having him back on the show in the future to tell us all about the new band. So, until next week. Which, by the way, we've got an amazing guest next week. I can't wait for you to hear it. We were very, very lucky to have this person on the show. And it's going to be an amazing episode. So, until then, keep rocking. What are you guys still doing here? The show's over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here.